Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a great week so far. Before we start the podcast, uh, don't forget to listen to my new record, The Hymn. It is out now um, on Spotify, Apple, all the Beatport, all the, all the, usual, the usual places where you listen to music nowadays. Uh, so podcast time, and this week I've got Eli and Charlie, Eli and Charlie, Eli and Charlie from Soul Clap. Um, I love this podcast. I love their music so much. I love what they're about. Um, I met them probably about five years ago, um, I think on Holy Ship, and I loved their sets, love what they play, and I've always loved their music. They've recently just bought out an album, well, in April this this year. They bought an album called World Transformation Force. I've listened to it a lot, but I listened to it in full in the gym today from, like, start to finish, and it just flows amazing. The message on it is amazing. Um, the music is just organic and fresh and pulls from so many influences, um, which is amazing. So I wanted to get them on the podcast and talk to them about it. Um, and just talk to them about life. They're doing some amazing things with the environment um, and pushing a, a, a stronger message to not just music, but just it, in the world, really. And it's really important. We need more people like these boys. Um, we had a few sound issues at the beginning, but it all clears up. Um, so just skip on if it annoys you. But great conversation. Without further ado, Charlie and Eli from Soul Clap. And we are live, Charlie. Yo, 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 yo. Eli, Soul Clap boys. What's cooking? What's up, Will? How's it going? Can't complain. Just enjoying this uh, hot, humid summer weather in upstate New York this week. It's oh, you got hot and humid up there? I got oh, yeah. hot and humid down here in Miami. Are it's always Miami? hot and humid down there. <laughs> <laughs> Hot and hu- I'm in Detroit and it's hot and humid as well. Um, it's pretty much just hot well, and when, humid when, everywhere. When I, Eli and I first started coming to Miami, I mean, I know it's like he's up there, but I just want to just make Eli giggle with this one. But like <laughs> whenever we would go to WMC, because we've been going to WMC, what, like 20 plus years now, right? We, I think I was, because I'm like graduated a year up before you and you were still in school or were we both you like- were, You were in college, college too. We both were in college. We were, skip, well, we were skipping college classes- a week to come down here. We had no idea what the heck was going on. But all, what we did know was that the weather is so humid here that if you're a, a gentleman, and I'm sorry to start our podcast as <laughs> a nasty note, but you have to pack like baby powder when you go to Miami. If you're going to be walking up and down Collins and Ocean Drive all day long. Just get get those balls like powdered up. You need, Yeah, we no, called it the Miami Chafe. Yeah, And it was no joke. We come back yeah. like waddling from side to side we'd be walking around all these parties <laughs> how good is I mean, it the best like the first like few times you go to wmc's which for anybody listening doesn't know what wmc's are it's the miami music week now um yeah but how amazing are those first couple of times you go because i remember the first time i went i didn't have a fucking clue what i was doing i didn't know where i was going i didn't know anything Yo. it was the best us either we booked our our first hotel we booked like a holiday inn yeah and now i know it's the holiday inn like right by the soho house or, it's, or maybe no, no, no it's in surfside dude it's in surfside no no didn't we book like way up in like aventura or something no, I think it was Surfside. It was Surfside. Anyway, yeah. Surfside at that time, which was like 2001, that was way too far north. Yeah. <laughs> Still is. Way too far. We were like, <laughs> we might, like, might as well have been in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Yeah. That's like where we stay now. That's where like, I go stay now with my family, like, you know, so we can chill on the beach, you know, with kids. Yeah. It's like not where you're trying to stay. Not you're in the thick get, of it. Get in yeah. and out of the parties. No way. <laughs> Yeah, you <laughs> we don't blew it so big time that year, but I had no idea. We found the a way. parties were we amazing, like, right? The parties, I mean, but you remember, E, we checked in and we're like, "Where the heck are we?" We blew it, and yeah. we checked right out. 
Yeah. And then oh, we really? found that spot on Collins. The oh, White Law. The White Law. Oh, the White Law. Yeah. And it was jumping, dude. Oh, the good old days. The White <laughs> Law was jumping, and then right next door was like the Fairwind or something. That, and I remember yeah. we had okay, stumbled I, over there. there we're like, what are we doing? We walked over, and they remember it was like this little lobby. Not, it was like um outdoor patio, and DJ Sneak was playing. DJ but like at that Sneak. time, at that time, even like you know early two thousands winter music conference. And I think before that too, all the parties were in the hotels on mm. South Beach. Yeah, yep. Like downtown was not. It didn't even like. No. You know, space at that time was just like, you know, cheesy. Nothing. Cheesy after hour. Like I, guess, I mean, I guess like maybe looking back, like progressive and like the big big room. Yeah, if you wanted to see like like, um, like Sasha or something like that. Yeah, like it wasn't cool. Whereas like. All the cool things was the, like the lobby parties in South Beach with all the real house DJs, you know, masters at work and all those guys. Were, were that were there pool parties then? Like were the pool parties big? Because yeah. I wasn't around then. I my first time was 2010. I think. Yo, we played the Clevelander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the that was like our first WMC gig a few really? couple years later. We were like, yeah, we're playing the Clevelander. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> my first ever WMC, I. I can't remember the, the, where I played, but I all I remember was I met Ron Carroll, Yo. and and we that sounds about right. <laughs> we went to like we were at some apartment, and then we were all going to a club, and there was like eight of us, and Ubers weren't around then, and you could barely get a taxi in Miami at the time. So Ron had a car, so literally like eight of us got in a car. And I was practically like on Ron's lap whilst he was driving with like <laughs> six other people in the car. And you're just like, what the fuck are we doing? But hey, Miami's just, you're allowed to do stuff like that in Miami. Dude, well, I mean, not allowed, but uh, <laughs> look, they won't, they won't turn the other, you know, they won't, they won't bat an eye at you if you do. I'll tell you though, that you're talking about un- being unable to catch uh, taxis in Miami. That is no joke, dude. It's terrible. This town, this town is hilarious with with taxis. Hilarious, and now it's like kind of weird because of the um, you know car services taking over, like Uber and. I mean that that was, but this is an example of like there was this opening in the market, and Uber yeah. just like slid right I mean, in because it, it was impossible, unreliable. You'd be like lucky, and I think this is so funny for anyone that really understands Miami, like how unreliable you like call call the dispatch for a real taxi. They'll be like. Yeah, taxi's on the way. And they're like probably just having a laugh, you know, put it on mute and like laughing at you. You know, I had one good experience in a taxi in Miami. One, which was right after Nelson Mandela died. I, I was, we played a gig and like I hadn't slept and, you know, got picked up at the, at the hotel. And the, the, it was a Haitian driver, as many drivers in, in Miami are. But he was, you know, very like, you know, listening on the radio about, you know, Mandela passing in, in, um, What's the what's the the the, the French? It's not patois. The late no the ha- patois is like Jamaican. The, the Haitian, Haitian is Haitian language. Um, Real? It's like it's like almost like French, but but Real. so he was listening to a broadcast Creole. He was listening to a broadcast about Mandela passing, and you know we started talking about this when they played this song that was just the most beautiful song about Mandela, like by a Haitian band, like a compa band, oh, nice. and. So then, you know, I heard this song, like we both started crying and we had this amazing personal moment about like, you know, how important Mandela was to so many people around the world in all different countries. So that was a beautiful universal love moment. So you got that, got his number, man. You guys could like support each other in times of, in dire times. Well, I bought, I ended up buying the record. So I always have a memory of him. (laughs) It's a, it's a strong story that, um, we should get, we pop the link. Give him the link to the song. I want to hear that yeah, song. Yeah, I want to hear that. Pick it up. <laughs> you could probably just play it now. And then everyone you can got it, it. You got it ready? <laughs> is a, a compa song about Mandela? Yeah, it is. I need to find that. I don't remember off the top of my head where it is. I just need to find the... I have to find the, the record. I'll find oh. it. How do After you... the show. After the show, you can drop the link there so people Done. can check it. I'll put it in the Done. comment section. How do you boys work together when you're writing music? Do you, like, go and stay in each other's places, or do you work remotely? Yeah, I mean, I think whenever there's a major Soul Clap project, we try to come together. And then the rest of the year, um, you know, we're just, like, working from our respective studios. I just, like, I think I found a real... 
um, I found a real solace in, in, in music production. It's just something that brings me a lot of peace and, and um, I love that creative space. As you can see, yeah. I'm now in my studio. Look, I got these stands. Big shout yeah, out to great. Martin. It was great. Who I got? Who I put me onto this stand company from Germany. Yeah, they're great stands. I tried to order some in oh. lockdown, but they sold out. So what? No, yeah. not no they, lie. They, lies, maybe they're so. back in. Maybe they're back in now. You know, they're in yeah. stock. You probably just did. You want a funny colorway or something? No, no. I I tried to get them, but they were sold out. And I, I just did this like a month ago. No, yeah, this was like. Yeah, thanks for that. I'll put it in. Yeah, that's the Man- that's the Mandela track. Um, this was like three months ago. Um, oh god! And it was like a wait time for ages, and I was like, no. And really? Then, yeah. I'm I, lucky. Of I, course, there's all this crazy supply chain stuff, and everybody's trying to like build their studio during the during lockdown. And also like, Germany, and you, like, because now England kind of came out of Europe. Like Germany was like, I really got lucky. Fuck I had you, no, England. I had no problem. It was like five, five, six days later, they came. I got my dad to like build me like some crazy stand instead. So it was like what? it's kind That's of better. Cool. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of better. But, that your dad's but, nice like that? Yeah, he's good. He's good like that. Yo, shout out to Mr. Clark. Carpenter. Smash Carpenter Mr. Clark. Clark. Yeah, his Mr. his, Clark his dad Carpenter. his dad was a carpenter, so he's kind of like pretty handy with his uh carpentry skills. Which is good. Good skills to have. Yeah. I've learned yeah, now with I- my with my complete lack of handiness living in the country. Yeah, you have to uh, learn, you don't know, you? Playing catch up yeah. all the time. You're good at making lists, though, Eli. You're really good at lists, and you're really, you're really, really good at um, packing a trunk. Doesn't really help you when you need to when you need to build the trunk stuff. of a car. If anyone <laughs> ever needs the trunk of their car, like properly, they got a lot of stuff, and you're, you're packing suitcases too. Yeah, but do you not think like just, packing suitcases? That's you're pack, also a master suitcase packer. Packing suitcases as a DJ, you have to get good at. Otherwise, it's just game. <laughs> this over. dude has never got good at that. What? Oh, <laughs> come on, Charlie. No, I got noise. I'm noise. I'm noise. I'm not. I'm not Eli level, but I'm noise. I'm not a. You're a noise. Uh, clothes. Folder of clothes. How do you fold? Eli, how do you fold? At, Eli, do you, look, Eli worked at Abercrombie & Fitch, all right? Don't okay. get it twisted. Yeah, I had a summer of practice the in the stockroom. They wouldn't let me on the floor, though, because I had my ears pierced and my labrae pierced. But my friend was working in the stockroom, and he was like, yo, come get a job. We can hang out. So I, I was just folding clothes for the summer. You're not, you're um, not that clothes folding. And I, yeah, no, I like I fold, you know, I do, the, I, do the, I do the arms in and then the half folds and then like three folds. So then it's like really easy to, to pack it together because the rolling up is annoying because you're not going to keep it rolled up at home. I do the road. Three folds like at I'm home. A roll, I'm cool, a roller. It's basically the same space as rolling it up. I'm a roller. Because so- I, can't, I can't get it like like Eli. He's nice with it. So I can just, I roll, I'll roll. Have you done the, the military roll? Has someone got a fan going on in the background? Because it's something's really loud. It, it might be my computer fan. Also, my daughter is freaking out right now. Do you, so. wanna, do you need to go check her out? I'm going to go check on what's happening. Yeah. Can I we just do a, a pause on the record? I mean, I guess you can always it's just, right. we can just, we can just keep going. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> do your thing. Like chill. Oh, uh, there we go. Was it him? Yeah. What's he got going on there? God he got knows. a new computer. It was he roll. What's he, what's he running over there? Like an Atari by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I do. Have you, can you do the military roll on your, on your what's suitcase? The military roll? So you roll it and then fold it on each other. So you can get a t-shirt like tiny. Holy shit. Kill, kill Frenzy taught me it, but I forgot how to do it. And Kill Frenzy Damn. would like kill me because we did like, we toured like a few, we did like Australia together and he literally just came with like a tiny rucksack and he had Damn. like, yeah. And he would like do washing in the, in the hotel room and like scrub it scrub his clothes in the shower and then just hang them up just to dry that's so funny but what does he wear you know just t-shirts one white t-shirt yeah see that's the thing like yeah if i wanted to that's the other like if you want to like throw fashion into your game yeah and you want to have some fashion on the road and look unique at variety of shows with various things that can't be wrinkled Mm, then true. it comes into it. But yes, if we were all going into our gigs with, you know, black on black or something or just like one white T-shirt, then sure. Yeah, I could also show up with like a fanny pack or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you travel with a lot of clothes then? I mean, not a lot of clothes, but, you know, I like to try. I, I, 
I, if I can avoid checking luggage, it would be ideal. But yeah. then again, we're playing with vinyl, so. Oh, do you always play with vinyl? As much as possible. Yeah. Like, for example, when Eli and I, when we did this hard fest last uh, two weeks ago, which was crazy, by the way. It looked oh, wild. Banging, dude. I think that was probably our best, like, American festival set. We just, I don't know. It was just something like, something just, the stars aligned for us that it day. It looked wild, man. I saw some videos um, and I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, just like just the rave gods smiled upon us. Mm. But, um, um, we wouldn't play vinyl there. That's yeah. like, you know, on a big stage, it's like, unfortunately, it's, di- it's digi. But for the club, for the all night plays, the club plays, when, when, in da- when, when possible. Yeah. What's the reasoning of not playing on vinyl on the big, big stages? It's just too unreliable. Yeah. Sonically, like, you don't want to, like, go up there and have 10,000 people standing in front of you and bring a re- bring bring a record into the mix and just hear that like feedback yeah, yeah. bass vibration i mean just people i i don't know why why it's this way because look you know we're all coming from the same culture and mm. there wasn't digital then it was all vinyl it just must be either the sound systems got louder or people just aren't taking into account the fact that you need to really have a vibration free surface the thing is that mo- if most of you guys aren't playing wax then it doesn't matter yeah right like if it's not necessary i think sound guys have just moved further and further away from it obviously there's some festivals you go to and there's that are kind of geared more towards those kind of oh DJs. playing 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 but, wax the dope festivals is tight right but uh, i think yeah. especially in the u.s there's like you know it's a no, there's no chance of playing when you're wow. the only asshole playing records then you're you're really the asshole <laughs> i also i also think the crowd kind of nowadays probably don't don't kind of understand it as much so if they if, may they may not but i'll tell you what like when you're playing a smaller show and it. and people that are new see vinyl spinning they're yeah. like whoa what the fuck is i this? think there's some some respect to it yeah. Eli, i also think like it's Eli, nice to have the, the creative yeah, I, hear creative. It too. Eli, I, I think it's your fan it's your it's your laptop man i think shit huh? well i think it what do you got open it's weird because when you stepped away, it sounded great. Right, because I muted this why. Let me quit some apps. Quit your, you got Dropbox open, maybe? I always have Dropbox open. Well, is your, um, is your mic in front of your laptop? Yes. Or are you using. Let me I check on the mic situation, too. You could do an external mic. That's what I'm using right now my snowball. It's uh, weird that it's picking it up. It shouldn't be picking it up. Maybe switch to your laptop mic. What about this? Is that better? Nope. It's like there's a feedback loop or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's not, it's not my fan. It's like there's some kind of feedback. Let me see what's going on here. I'll try my internal mic instead. Respect to your mic, Will. That's like a proper podcaster mic. You got like I'm gonna, a I'm gonna drop off and, and come back on. Yeah, that's cool, man. We just carry on talking. Yeah, this mic's really good. Oh, wait. Now I hear it. Wait. One second. It was you. I can you hear me now. Yeah. What was that? I don't know, man. <laughs> don't tell it. Don't tell Eli it was me. Yeah, we 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 just we just. We're just I, telling it was him. Yeah, we just telling it was him. What was it? How could was it you? How was it? I don't know. I just pressed mute and it went away. That's so strange. Weird. Here we go. Let's, right, nothing happened until right, he listens to him. this. Watch this. Okay. Well, I think it was like some kind of of noise coming on my computer, wasn't it? Weird. What was that? (laughs) Very odd. I think it was me, dude. (laughs) It was was Charlie (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but playing playing vinyl in a club is nowadays is something definitely special that you don't don't get to see. Is there like a reason why you guys do it? Like, do you do it for that, or is it just because you love playing vinyl? 
Um, I mean, there's a few reasons. One, like going back to the festival thing, like it is kind of nice on big festival stages to have the ability to do loops and cue yeah. points and other fun things you get to do with with CDJs. And also for us, to like now I've kind of like gotten really comfortable with, you know, two CDJs on each side. Mm. So we each have our two CDJs and we'll do, you know, one, one will be playing and we'll do some other stuff. The other one can do stuff on the other CDJs. Yeah. And so that's like really makes sense for a festival too, I think. Yeah. Um, but like for, for vinyl, I mean, it's all, it's always kind of been in waves, you know, like we've always kind of experimented with different media. Like we were on final scratch when it <laughs> first dropped final crash. Classic. Cause that was really exciting to get to try to play, to play digital files with turntables. Like, yeah. you know, that was before CDJs were really any good. So this was like this really exciting moment. And then since that didn't work at all, basically, <laughs> we started using Serato instead. And that was amazing, too, for a while. Like even like a, we were playing more open format at that time. But then yeah. even when we started touring, playing house music, we were like really comfortable with Serato and, you know, playing Serato. So um, when, when did it start with you guys for just go full on house music or house? Wait, can I just throw vibe? into the mix about why vinyl is dope before we move on? Go for it. Which is that like there are still many tracks that are only available on vinyl format mm. there are many classics there are many new little uh small presses small batches bespoke batches if i if you will <laughs> um there is some really ex important content and to me that makes that music very special yeah and when we think back to like the origins of djing for at least for us for me like uh you had to have this stuff in your uh, on vinyl to be able to put it in your repertoire, in your record bag. Am I making noise again? You're no, making good. so much. You had noise. to have it on wax. It's the only way to have it. Yeah. The only way to have. I mean, that's like a crazy concept that I think listeners like should really take a step back and wrap their head around. The only way to have a song was to own a physical copy of it. There is no streaming. There is no download service. There is no, oh, let me just record it for you. You know, sure, you could have it on cassette, I suppose. But, like, if you wanted to perform it as a DJ, you had to have it on wax. And I think keeping that alive um, is important. And I think that, like, I know I know there's some environmental implications about pressing vinyl. And I, and I hope that this is solved soon with some new technologies. But I think there is something so special about holding a record in your hand, about feeling it, about the vinyl, the the artwork, and about the you know carrying it to where you're going and playing it. I, that's the tradition. I tell you, because you can always you could always rip it, right? Like you could yeah. you could buy the the thing that's only available on vinyl and rip it. But it's like nowadays, 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 yeah. But like it's there is something that just feels right. That feels right, and like there's something about having going on tour with a record bag, mm. and like really getting to know those records through that period of time in yep. a way that like is you know playlists can kind of do that but like i'm always if i don't have a tight tighter tight ish kind of collection for gigs i have a hard time like totally. i'm not gonna play as good a set if i have too many choices i i actually agree with that because i remember when when i used to play vinyl you pick your selection before you go to the show right and that's all you've got you can only carry a certain oh, amount wow. of records you can only carry like h however strong you are really at the end of the day and i think nowadays like now i travel with a fucking hard drive of 300 gig of music and you just kind of have endless supplies of music but sometimes having uh limitations it actually makes things work a, a lot nicer in your in your dj sets also, yeah. yo, I'll the I'll take the Pepsi challenge with vinyl on a on a right uh, now not all the time, but on the right conditions, when the thing is is mastered right and mixed right, and all the stars are aligned, I'll take the Pepsi challenge on a piece of wax any day of the week. Just it just sounds better. I think the thing the thing with the vinyl it's so hit and miss sometimes on like that golden rule right. So it's like True. you might have the best vinyl. Best mastering, best mix down, best pressing. And it's the worst track. <laughs> You've got that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're also playing it on a club that has 12 tens that they haven't serviced for fucking years, or you've got shit needles, or the cabling's wrong, or the sound system isn't right. It's so hit and miss with vinyl. This is, this is also a big part of it, too. It's like it is more work in that, like, 
you kind of have to sound check it. And that's why you can't really do it at these bigger festivals because they're sound checking at like eight in the morning yeah. and you're not going to yeah. be there for the sound check. But when you go and play all night at a club or you play an extended set, you know, you can go before the, the doors open mm-hmm. and you can get with the sound guy and you can figure it all out and make sure it sounds good. Yeah. And that's also part of it. It's like a whole other level of, I think, you know, you got to be committed to it if you're going to really do it. Well, I think it goes back to what, uh, what what Charlie was saying with vinyl with like you've actually got a hard copy and it, it it's almost adds to the art of the music, right? The music, I don't know about you guys, but when I release music, especially on my own label, is like it's not just about the music. It's about the art, the the feel of of how I'm trying to perceive this record to, to the general population. And I think it's the same with vinyl, having something physical in your hands, going back to playing it, you're making sure that everything is perfect along the way. And, yep. and I think a lot of that has been lost in digital. There's so many pros and cons to, to digital um, streaming now and kind of downloads. But... <clears throat> I feel like there's a huge disconnect between the actual artist and the rest of the the kind of the rest of the music that's not the music side of things. It's also like that so much music comes out, right? Like yeah. to be able to to have something physical gives it a little more shelf life, like more timelessness that you know, it's not just going to as a DJ you're not just going to see it maybe the week it comes out on, on whatever your services you're buying music or you're getting promos from and that's it. If you miss it, you miss it. It's gone. You're never going to hear it. Yeah. Whereas a record, it's like you could walk into any record shop in the world at any time or stumble on on Bandcamp, and it still feels like you could play that. Right. Yeah. It's not, doesn't get old the same way. Yeah, totally. Do you guys uh, do your albums on vinyl and all of that as well? I take it you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. We've done, we've done all our LPs on, on vinyl, um, you know, as like for our label too, it's, we release a lot of vinyl, but it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard, mm. especially with like newer artists. Um, it's expensive. It's hard to sell 300 copies yeah. often, you know? Which is wild. So, it's wild. That yeah. It's, it's expensive. It's so expensive. And the, the wait times are so long. Yep. But it's all worth it. And then it. like Charlie said, there is, there is, there, you know, the, there's a footprint to, to releasing records. Totally. Um, that's much bigger. Yeah. just digital so always something to consider like if you're gonna it's it's you know if you're gonna press it and release it you gotta try to make sure you hit the sweet spot with the amount that you're pressing so mm-hmm. you don't end up like wasting all these records yeah you like what was that guy that like pressed a whack pressed a record into hash <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of funny ones no press a record from hash <laughs> was from hash oh really like that was the lacquer yeah like he pressed a record made it made out of Made out of hash. People press records made out of funny things. But onto okay. like on, maybe on all the, soul clap records going forward should be pressed onto wax uh, hash. You can also you can also press records from your like ashes of of somebody who's who's died and been cremated. That's dark. Yeah, that's um, weird. That's pretty dark. But you know we're also you know I'm, I work with this organization called DJs for Climate Action, mm. and we're in the process of releasing a compilation called the Climate Soundtrack. Um. And we're actually releasing the wax um, is being pressed by this new process that is not PVC um, plastic. So it's still plastic, but it's a much uh, less petroleum heavy type of plastic that they're making the, the, the vinyl out of. Yeah. Um, So like, you know, PVC is literally just made from straight up from petroleum. So it's really big footprint on that. Um, I'm about to drop a new record on kale. (laughs) <laughs> don't tell the people from los angeles they get jealous They'd yeah yeah <laughs> it's gonna be sold exclusively in california in whole foods only and it comes with uh it comes with a little package of tahini <laughs> back to the hash record though this was 2017 and some group called slightly stupid released a seven thousand dollar smokable weed record that's smokable so tight, weed record. except for it's so counterproductive because <laughs> you don't listen like, to the music do i listen do i smoke do i listen do i smoke my favorite record is now gone because I smoked it. My favorite track, you have to only listen to the inside cuts as it gets. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting concept. I wonder how how they actually did that. Strange. I don't I, I, wonder, I don't know if it's actually playable or if it's just like you can maybe play it, maybe you just smoke it. 
<laughs> I feel like vinyl is more collectible nowadays than people actually playing it. I feel like it's more people just buying the vinyl just to kind of have it on their shelf. I agree. I agree. Much more, many more collectors with with vinyl than DJs playing vinyl. I think, yeah. which is really funny. Like it's weird, right? Really weird. Flipped on its head. Completely. There's also like a lot of these like really expensive Discogs records, you know, thousands of dollars records. They're, it's not DJs that are buying them; it's collectors. So yeah. like they buy it and then it's never heard again. Yeah, something really weird. wrong about that to it, me. It's yeah, weird. it it weirds me out that because it's just like the whole point of it is to fucking listen. It's yeah. I can't remember. Who, I was listening to a Zane Lowe interview. I can't remember who it was with. Oh, I was with Eminem, and Eminem has like a tape connect collection of like cassette tapes cassette. and. Yeah, and he collects like all these tapes, and that he'll buy like two or three of them. So one he can play, and one he will never open. I'm just like, so weird. It's fair play, but yes, I don't know. I guess so he's he got has that much thousands, money. maybe millions of unopened cassette tapes. Yeah, damn. Imagine getting that in the will. Thanks, Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> better, better give me a like a number two pencil. Yeah, exactly. When your shit gets all pulled out, you gotta roll it back in. Have you seen that meme where it's like got the 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 cassette and a pencil, and it says, "If you don't know the relationship between these two, you're you're too young to understand." Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, so I want to go back to when you guys were playing open format to then kind of strictly house music. Like, what happened? What changed? Well, I mean, it was always, you know, like how, like we were all, we were like ravers first, yeah. but, um, I also like kind of grew up playing all kinds of music. Like I was, mm. when I started DJing at 14, I started like my first real gig was like at school dances yeah. and like my school was very diverse and there were a lot of Caribbean kids who just wanted to hear dance all reggae. So my original DJ partner, Sam, Sammy, he got, he was got super, he was super into dance hall. So like we would play dance hall and hip hop. Yeah. And I would always try to play like one or two house songs and people would be like, the fuck, fuck is you. this shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, it was kind of always everything for me, but that was like me and Charlie connected over house music because okay, we were both raving and, and, you know, loved house and and our fr- a mutual friend introduced us, and we were like kind of connected over that. But I was actually like into like like Speed Garage, yeah. and drum and bass a lot. Sick. You know, I was I like I knew about house, and I thought and I was into it, but I wasn't playing it as much. Mm. So we met in this like place in between like Speed Garage and Disco House, for sure, um, yeah. which was pretty. pretty which fun. still like I was listening to your I was listening to your album this morning at the gym, and I was like, there's still mad influence from garage in your records like always mad influence from garage and it was really interesting because i i love i've listened to the album like in bits and pieces but i've never just like listened to it all in one because i don't think we again going back to vinyl and cd and like hard copy music i don't think we listen to things how we used to um but i loved it and what it's interesting how like you you guys started with or your influences was, were garage and and drum and bass and things like that but it, it's still now like you can still hear that in your music is it still something that you guys listen to on like a regular because my in my original influences i they're long gone for me personally like i don't necessarily like i love drum and bass i love garage i love soulful house but I wouldn't really say that's kind of part of my influences now so much. What kind of kept it there for you? You know, I'm sorry, just to go back to vinyl. Like, I am playing more music from like 1997, 1998 than ever before. And a lot of that is on wax. That makes sense. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm stuck in that era. Mm. Or just maybe, I mean, to me, that's just such an important era in, like, the canon of electronic music, especially in, like, what I would like to represent, my how I would represent myself in a DJ set. Um, I'm so tapped into my original, th- that impulse that got me out there um, that made me obsessed because I feel like um, it's something that is, you know, should remain in, like, 
in contemporary music because it's just important. So is, would you, know? you say that's why you, why the influences are still so strong in your music because you're list, you're still listening? I mean, and to if old you stuff. and if like going, I mean, it's all coming back around, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just gonna stay right still because like right now we're at like what it's 2000s, it's 2021, right? So we're like at like 1992, 1993, <laughs> right now. This is like what's hot. <laughs> this yeah. like rave breaks. No, I would say still no, stay right. If you stay right, if I stay right here. By the time 2025, 27 comes around, <laughs> I'm gonna be like DJ Mag number one because this is gonna be like I was just doing the same shit. <laughs> well, two things. One, there's this great Justin Strauss quote that I love to bring up. Um, that like I just I just keep doing my thing, and every every so often people like it catch up. To They're it like again. the culture yeah. comes around. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's the best. But like you know, I feel like I feel like we've always been so like the way we write music has always been kind of very based on like our influences mm. in a lot of ways. It's like looking to the past to create the future. Yeah, I think. Um, and and also you know, so I feel like yeah, those influences have always been there, and it's also never stopped. Like I always would have always have carried a couple garage records in my bag, no matter what, or like you know had them ready to go and in the right time you know you do a little garage set and it feels amazing and people are like what the fuck is this because they don't they've never heard of these records before yeah or yeah. it's people who love those records and are like wow i can't believe i just got to hear these again um garage for an example and also like you know like jungle drone bass like really came back i remember like doing you know being like holy shit like i'm on holy ship i don't know why i just said i was thinking holy ship and i said holy <laughs> shit but like you know and like you know justin and Miha and all these folks are like, let's go do a jungle set. And yeah. I'm like, wow, I get to play all these jungle tracks. So mm. like I went and ripped a lot of my old jungle records. And you know, that's like something that that was kind Isn't of always there. In the though, that, like, we're here today and like these songs are just they they're still as impactful. Well, like that is longevity I, I, piece of electronic music. I think this is the like, thing. I'm sorry, like some of these big hits that came out, like they may make a splash, but like is your is your shit still killing it like bringing them life in 2021 and when it was released over 20 years ago and also like to go into the even more like uh even even <laughs> more um even even greater longevity even more impactful uh a wonderful a really funny quote from um hanging out with Armand Van Helden down here in Miami is like are they playing your shit at a wedding yeah. Like, is your yeah. piece of music being played at a wedding? You know what I mean? Because if the answer is yes, then 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 that piece of music is going to stick around for wow. And it's timeless. <laughs> That's timeless. Yeah. That's wild <laughs> to think about that because his records are being played at weddings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're right with the whole. It's coming back around, but I think for, I don't know about you, but I think it. A lot of it is. <clears throat> they were great records at the time. But also now there's whole new generations that have never heard these records. Right. And and you've just got the we're not we're not young, if you know what I mean. We're still referencing old records. We're still playing old records. It's just the generations now are just younger and haven't heard those records. I think I think But there's a, plenty of young people that haven't heard said bleep bloop womp womp from twenty blah 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 blah. You know, True. by whoever. True. Like, there's yeah. tons of that. There's way more of that than there is that one record that everybody still loves and will always love. Yeah. You know what I mean? But maybe there was something to that song. Maybe there was a song format. Maybe there was some songwriting or mm. something that went into the structure of this piece of music. It's not just it was dope. It's like, this is the craft. And, like, the further we remove ourselves from the, the the art of making music songwriting whatever it is the the more like bloop de bloop will exist and some of it will maybe break through but you know i love a groove and i play a lot of grooves I, but i think that's the you know, thing if you, if, if you think about it back then they were writing records on two or three bits of equipment it goes back to what we were talking about having a, a bag of vinyls and only having 20 vinyls to play or 100 vinyls to play like back then they only had a certain amount of equipment to make music on which so they had to make Wait a minute, Will, but like you know let's talk about disco for a second that's like a whole friggin' orchestra like yeah but that's just being sampled right yeah i'm 90s. just saying that like 
I'm saying that like whatever it was, whether it was DJ so and so on an MPC and or SP like just w- making it work with samples or like uh or like an orchestral composition by um, Patrick Adams in the mm. disco days yeah. with like. Pff- 150 channels going at once like the art of the music writing like the this is something that needs to be paid paid attention to and that's something that's a focal should be a focal point mm. for producers i think no I, I, t- I totally agree with you i don't disagree and i think i think it's something that you guys get across very well in your music as well it it's it's very organic and i think that's maybe that's kind of where we're hitting the nail on the head is that a lot of these records, like I was at, I was at, um, in San Diego on the weekend and uh, I was watching MK play and he played Burning and that was released in 1991 and still sounds fucking unbelievable. Yo. Like on another level, it, it held, holds up against any record nowadays. You could play mm. that, you could play that in a techno set, you can play that in a disco set, you can play that in a house set, you can play that at your wedding and it still sounds unbelievable um why why do you think it's music like that's not being made so much now well i would argue i was gonna say i i think there's a ton of of songwriting in electronic music right now like maybe the most in years um Mm. just because there's such a crossover and like genre genre walls coming down and like you know popular music is electronic music in such a deep level on this point at this point, you know? So like, there's like a whole thread of more like kind of contemporary R and B with like a house beat. drum and bass yeah, yeah, yeah. instrumentals and, yeah. and garage instrumentals, you know, like Rochelle Jordan, who I've, I've you know, one of my favorite albums this year. Uh, but then like, because that's in my algorithm now on Spotify, I'm like getting some random British artists that are making like, you know, ethereal drum and bass with like, like weird R&B vocals or like, you know, so there's a lot of this happening, but maybe more in the pop space that's bringing in the dance music rather than the dance music space bringing pop music. Well, I think that's the thing. In, I wonder in the UK, yeah, sorry, like was, in the UK, we've still like house music is still number one records. Like yeah, we still yeah. have house rec- pop house records are the top 10 is always littered with house music at the end of the day, whether it's timeless house music, I don't know. Um, Charlie, what were you going to say? I would say, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, just uh, like back in the back in the day, eighties and nineties, you know, there is a real correlation between some of these records and appearing in the the billboards. Mm. You know, whether that's in the UK or the US, like uh, you know, some of these records that are not only anthemic in the underground, but yeah. also existing on the radio in the mainstream. So, you know, this is like maybe an interesting time where there's you can have that duality to the to to songs again we'll see i was like you know thinking to the inner city big fun or something like mm, that yeah i was actually talking to chris lake about this the other the other week on the podcast that there's not nowadays there's not many there's not often many instrumental records that do well everything's Mm. kind of got to be that pop like like what was the last wait a minute chris lake has made all types of Bit instrumental, like uh, yeah, what's his Fisher record? It's a huge, huge record, right? Yeah, but I guess as of like, hit, like sit, like yeah, that was a fucking massive hit. A big record, well, compared to like a uh, like a true pop record. Yeah, well, well, I guess it hit that. That did. You're right. That did better than some <laughs> most pop records. To be fair, <laughs> didn't they like get a Grammy for that or something? I don't think they did. Almost. I think they got, they, yeah, they got nominated. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, what's how? What's your process that, though when going in the studio and kind of working out? Because I one of the one of the records that stood out the most to me, and don't I'm gonna pull it up because I'm gonna fuck it the title up, but I think it was. Um, what if there's no America? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Like with Nona Hendrix? Yeah, like that it like really struck a chord with me. Um like the production, the lyrics, just the, the general vibe of the record. Like what is the kind of message behind that? 
Well, I mean, that one, Nona Hendrix is an artist we've, we've been working with now for years. She was on our last album with the song Shine, um, you know, uplifting, positive yeah. house track. Um, and then we produced her most recent EP after that. Um, give the, the listener a little of uh, just a well, well, yeah. So, so I was going to say, but like she, 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 um, you know, she goes way back before, before us. Like yeah. she was one of, she was in the, in the group LaBelle and mm-hmm. Patty LaBelle's group. And before it was Patty LaBelle's group, she was in the, the Bluebells, what they were called. And so she grew up part of this, this world of, of soul and R and B and kind of, you know, came of age in that, in that time of the sixties going into the seventies when, you know, soul and R&B was, was in many ways protest music and civil rights music. And she was writing a lot of the music, but also their whole, um, you know, image of LaBelle kind of, you know, transformed multiple times in like this kind of like radical wearing these costumes and, and, you know, female empowerment and all these mm. kind of really important um, messages and, and, and inspiration in the music. And then she wanted to have an incredible solo career through the eighties you know, very involved in the world of, of funk and connected with P-Funk and working with a lot of those musicians. Um, and now she's, you know, really into technology and she teaches at Berkeley and, and you know, has, has is like developing like vid- AI video games with different folks. And like, so she's an incredible, incredible musician, person, inspiration, activist, right? Yeah. So when we, wa- when we went and like, you know, the, the, the idea of our album is this WTF World Transformation Force where we're trying to, you know, inspire action and with the music. So, you know, immediately we're like, well, we have to bring in Nona to do some kind of piece on here. And we kind of ended up this idea for a spoken word piece together, like talking about these themes, um, you know, pre-election themes, what's happening in our country and how can we come, we can, how can we, you know, comment on that? So we talked through these ideas with her and then she went and wrote this, this piece, which was actually to another instrumental initially. Um, and we went and recorded it in New York, uh, with Morgan Wiley, who's used to be the keyboard player for Midnight Magic, um, band on our label who we've been working with for years. We, we did known as EP with Morgan. Morgan has been a frequent collaborator, uh, both as like a engineer and also like co-producer and just incredible musician who's featured on our music a lot. Um, and so he, we, I was with Morgan and we're like, you know, this doesn't, didn't really fit the instrumental ultimately. So we, we just went and, and Morgan just laid down some new synths under the, under the vocals. And, you know, he kind of, instead of the vocal, then riding the instrumental, it then became the, the instrumental wrote the vocals. Yeah. Totally. Um, so that ended up being a really a cool flip on the, on the idea. So that's a, that's a typical kind of process for us often, you know, something starts as one thing mm. and goes through multiple iterations and ends up as something completely different. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing. How important is it for you guys to collaborate with other people though? I'd say it's like sort of half, half because some stuff like we're able to really get across, but sometimes you just, you know, it, I think to, to make something, to take it really over the top, it might require that extra yeah. synth line from Morgan Wiley or you know uh perco- hand percussion from Kai- from kaito um or you know whatever it is or guest vocalist mm. but you know other times it's you know me singing and eli playing saxophone like we we're we're able to get it done but you know i think that when you bring in the community then uh it just levels up the whole levels up the finished product or like on our current album, you know, like, co- you know, we co-produced a lot of that with Lee Curtis um, in L.A. Mm. in his little garage studio. Like that was really helpful to have. I think for albums, like it's really helpful to have somebody, somebody else's ear who can yeah. then be like, this is how this all fits together. Yep. Like a third person that's not emotionally attached to the music. Exactly. Yeah, someone's got to be your Rick Rubin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever done that to other people's records? Like produced other people's records? I've done a little bit of that working with uh, uh, Life on Planets, Phil, and in a couple other s- situations, just helping, just helping out. Um, and I know Eli, you have t- as well. Yeah, no. Well, there's the Nona one that we all did together, that Nona yeah. Hendrix one I was talking about before. But I do like, you know, I A and R the label, so there's kind of like mm. a lot of, I guess, executive production stuff that I that I've worked on with different artists over the years. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. I mean, that's it's 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 a great it's great to have the two different 
be able to do both sides, right? Where you can kind of have that more impartial. I love this music because of this, but it could be better this way. Yeah. Um, what's your What's uh, your thoughts when someone gives you feedback on that? Fuck you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, feedback is important, and uh, you know, I think like constructive criticism is is key if you are given constructive criticism and you can separate yourself from your attachment and your ego to it and it is and then and that helps you then it can be very helpful but on the same at the same token like you know this is this is our creative these are creative works and uh sometimes uh you're trying to express a particular thing as a creator and that's what it is you know yeah. you don't like yeah, I would, you know, walk up to a, a, a painting and say, you know, I don't like the blue. You know, maybe the whole thing is that some people are going to walk away feeling a certain particular way about something. So I think it it, it can be uh, complex. Totally. I totally agree with that. It's, it's hard sometimes hearing feedback, especially when you've spent your... Uh, you're using your lifetime of skills into one project and then somebody literally just comes and is like oh you should do this you should do that to make it better and yeah like, but like Fuck. what was the should should do and should not like because maybe it's like you should add and it really clutters or maybe they're saying you should subtract and like suddenly it clears things up mm. i don't know it's just this is one of those case by case things probably totally world transformation force I love what you guys are kind of doing to promote the world and having <laughs> great Go Earth. Earth. Check it out. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> it, but you know what I mean. Like you're trying. You're you're. It's a greater. It's a greater message rather than just fucking. Here's here's an album. Here's some music. This is yeah. go listen to it. It's a it's a bigger picture. Um, when did that all start for you? And like. Yeah, what 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 was the shift for you to to be like? We need we we need to make a change. We need to do something to really make a change. Eli, you're on mute. Yeah, there's multiple parts to that kind of progress, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I think like for me over the years, it felt like kind of felt like that. I mean, I, I really believe in the power of playing you know, music for people mm. and especially like positive vibrations and, you know, connecting with people on that level and the positivity and the uplifting and the, you know, I think it does, it does save and create great positivity in the world. But I do, I've, I've felt for a long time, like, you know, like that's not enough. Um, and, you know, both my parents were activists in their own ways mm -hmm. um, in their worlds and so for me, like the first experience was I got involved with DJs for Climate Action, um, maybe like 2013 or 14, mm -hmm. when my friend uh, Sammy Bananas founded it as a way to offset um, carbon emissions from flying for yeah. DJs. Um, so, you know, I'd known him before. We started talking about it. And over the years, I got more involved and... Gosh, you know, it's been like, that long since 2013. Yeah, I was living in Boston the first time, the first year he did it. So it's that wild. Wild. Um, but you know, so I got more involved, like kind of on the board of mm -hmm. the of the group now. So that was one way. Um, you know that that I've been more involved. But then, really, the, the idea for this album was a lot. Like we wanted to put this out before the U.S. election in 2020. Like this was like we recorded. Initially, we recorded a lot of the ideas for this in March 2019, right? When I went to Miami for a month. And so, yeah, originally that was the plan. We're like, well, let's get this out, you know, before the election, try to get people to vote and, like, care about what's happening. Totally. Um, so that was kind of the impetus here for making more of, like, a statement, like, trying to, you know, get people thinking and, and doing things with, with this music. Um but I think it's always like a constant question, you know, to ask as an artist. It's like, how do you bring it into your music? Can you bring it into your music? At this moment, does it feel right? You know, are we writing music just to write music? Or do we want to write this music to try to have other power resonate in other ways? Um, but then also like using our platform is another big part of it, right? Like 
you know, being political, taking stands on things, which I think is like part of the the fabric of being a musician, of being an artist, like culture comments and moves forward, um, you know, change. Yeah. And sometimes it's a difficult conversation. And I know like with social media, often people have a reaction, like stay out of politics or stay out of this. You're a musician. I just want to listen to your music. You ruin your music for me now. And that's right. fine if, if a few people feel like that. But I do think that that like kind of is a very narrow minded view of what music and culture is, because I think culture both comments and creates what our society cares about and moves our society forward. And, and yeah, what is this person's like definition of music? What are they listening to these, these folks? You know, well, I, I, like, I have you ever heard uh, everyone, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye. Uh, going further back like folk music Peter Paul and Mary or like things like that Peter Paul and Mary like I mean like you know folk music Peter Paul and Mary damn it like no music in the 50s Bob Dylan I mean music in the 50s and 60s was like for sure essential for the movement even before that even in the like the 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 slave camps and things like that like that was all based on music like the music that they had back then was just all based on politics really on what was happening yeah. in, in in their kind of plantation yeah well i mean look if you're being oppressed and music is that a too. method of uprising you know this is what they can't take from us they can't take our songs yeah and um there's some correlation to recording music but you know i just think that that is just this idea that music should be devoid of message is just so ignorant man it's incredible and not to say that there isn't just a vibe music can be a vibe and it can make you feel a way but like you know this is an interesting conceptual idea that you know the emotion that you put into the recording can be received by the listener you know yeah i i I totally agree i think i think my views on all musicians soul music can touches the soul Mm. you know yeah for me i think when writing music i'm there's there's always a a message behind it but for me it's more so about bringing people together rather than trying to be like i think i think especially nowadays politics as a such is actually dividing people more so and i think for me is like music especially the house music for, for for me um it's about like taking political views away from the dance floor and really bringing all people together because realistically but here's a question you got them together on the dance floor now now let's what talk- are they gonna do <sighs> now not like what you know can can you give something are they gonna walk away and make a change from that experience you know can you impart something onto somebody you got them together i agree with you the vibrations brings them together but now they're together so what's next you know yeah, I, I think I think I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I, I think also there comes a point where sometimes just getting people together, they can then make their own decisions once whilst they're together um, and kind of moving half half. The, I find half the issue with politics at this moment in time is that you can't even get those people together. You say one thing, and just because some somebody is on one side to another, it's the same in the UK. It's the same all yeah. around the world. Um, yeah so the minute you take that kind of barrier out of it i i'm there's, well, there's, there's also an important like piece of like the escapism like you're yeah, going exactly. out you're going to dance often to dance to get away from things and to get away from that and not think about that but that's why i think there's like some universal there's some universal things like there's some universal things that can go beyond politics right and that like obviously there's going to be some people that it might turn off but like the majority is going to be like, this feels, feels good. Feels right. This feels like what we need together. But like, you know, also, you know, we're not like putting out a record that's called vote, vote yes on proposition 231. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we're talking about like on back to love, we're talking about time is burning down. The yeah. moment is now yeah. too much hate going around. Gotta go back to love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, ah, no, yeah. I do not like this. Yeah, yeah. This does not resonate with me. I am leaving the dance floor. Like you got something going on. Like you got to check yourself. Like what? You know what I mean? So 
you know, I don't know how you can argue with some of this stuff. Well, no, but it's right. a, it's a lot. It's like you know, it's it's this idea that like I I agree with you on some on, on on like yeah, I pretty much agree with you on that. It's like culture. Like there is this importance of bringing people together, but I also think like beyond that, like culture has the power to go mm. to transcend right. politics, in right. a way. Yeah, to change yeah. somebody's mind yeah. without the the political piece of it, right? Like to be like you know, say for climate change, yeah. you know, like something that not is not about the politics of it, yeah. but like you can actually reach somebody on a deeper level of mm. of like they've they've come together on the dance floor and can now go out and and think about something differently i also think that's power yeah, that's yeah. not easy that's that's very a very difficult thing to do with yeah, music yeah. no it is i also think conversation is something that lacks nowadays is it's very easy to tweet your 200 characters or however many you you have uh, or on instagram or put a, a short video up but there's no one having long conversation about anything really like podcast is the only kind of long conversation even tv is all edited Everything's edited to your political, that the, the station's political views, like, and I think that's that's the issue for me at this moment in time. Really, is that there's not enough people having proper conversations about shit that's going on. Um, I agree. I mean, I agree completely. Like yeah. that was for us doing our schmoozing, schmoozing with Soul Clap show on our on the Twitch. That was what was so amazing about that. It was like in these times when there was so much so much heated conversation and so much going on with black lives matter with, you know, COVID and like the two sides of, of, of COVID and, and the election and all these things to be able to have deeper conversations, the kind of things you can't bring on out in social media. It's just not possible because people are too, you know, like you said, you can't have that conversation with, with short form, you know, it's more just like yelling at each other. Yeah, it's pointless. This is what I think. And someone else says, well, this is what I think. And someone else, that's what I think. And like, there's no, there is none. There is no actual conversation. So to be able to have these long form conversations with podcasts or other like, uh, you know, long form talk is so important. Mm. And and there's no right or wrong wrong answer. That's the issue is we're all just chucking our opinion. Well, there are right and wrong answers in certain things. Um, But it's also gray, man. It's mostly gray. You know, it's not black and white. It's not yes and no. There's so much of it is it's it's not you know gay and straight. It's non-binary, baby. That's Mm. the world we live in now. (laughs) So good. So, um, what's the plans for the rest of the year for you boys? It's been a it's been a wild one, right? You know what? We're actually coming. We're we're actually about to embrace twenty years of Soul Clap. Fuck! Congratulations. That's amazing. You know what I mean? It's some, and uh, in, in doing so, we're hoping to, you know, we'll see if we can hit the mark, but we're hoping to release like 20 singles. What is it? In 2022? Is 20 that our... pieces of music. It might not be all singles. Maybe some edits. 20 pieces of music. Remixes. Edits. Remixes. This, that. Lots of stuff. Maybe some revamps from the vaults. But um, that would be a great if we can get it done. We'll see if we can, if we can get as much done as possible. But gearing up for that. We just put out this. Um, I just put out a record on Soul Clap Records last week. My remix, Charlie Soul Clap remixes of the Space Lady, which is super, super dope. Um, and we just put with our our Krangbin Soul Clap remix came out, um, and that's being celebrated. And so, so it sounds so dope. Sounds great. That band's so dope. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Are, are you a fan? Do you listen to that shit? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, 20, so before uh, before all that, wait, wait, before we, we, there's other stuff like we still, you know, the album just came out in April. Yeah. So we're actually, we're, we're, yeah. we, we, we made, we're almost done with videos for every track. Cool. So we're going to drop a video oh, yes, album with all of it mixed together into one. Oh, really? So it's like a short visual film? experience um, nice. that will run on our Twitch channel. You know, we're still streaming on Twitch a couple times a week. That's uh, Soul Clap Music on Twitch. Um, and we're also, you know, of course we got the remixes, you know, as DJs. Yeah. It's so important to have remixes of, of your key. music. It just feels so good to hear somebody else interpret your idea. No, I agree. Can you um? And can, yo, back to the back can, to the garage thing. There's a ton of garage remixes uh, um for the solo clap remixes. We got Jeremy Sylvester from Nice and Ripe. We've got uh, Todd Edwards doing a remix. We've got. Aren't you did a garage remix? Are you doing? I'm a working on one. Yeah, yeah. And there's they also prescribed the vibe more of a new underground cat from kiwi records um so yeah and also our homie our homie shane from miami american dude turned out a straight up garage mix so straight that was really surprising and cool yeah under his alias bruv 
which is very dope. And he is also That's the such a good name. What was he got like a he got a medal as in a judo. He's a black belt judo national. What he was in he was in Tokyo? Idolist. What? Is he at the Olympics? No, not in the Olympic. Oh. Not in the Olympic. But in the national in nationals. What's it like? So watch out. What's it like being in a duo collaboration for 20 years? Like that's longer than most people's marriages. <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs, man. That's for sure. That's roller coaster. Sure. Yeah, I bet. a lot of ups and downs. We're actually, you know, we, we're 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 having a th- uh, uh, we have like we're trying a, ther- a therapist for the first time tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, we've worked through a lot of shit ourselves, you know, but there's been some real lows, there's been some real highs. Right now, we feel like in a, we're in a really good place. So cool, interesting time to try to work on some of the lingering shit. You know, just like with the marriage, you got to fucking do the work, man. So are you actually no. are you actually going to do therapy? We actually are going to yeah, like a business. I counselor. think it's good. That's I think we you know amazing. we both come from backgrounds where like therapy is you know my parents are are my father's psychoanalyst, my mother's social worker, Eli's mom is a a child Big child uh, psychologist psychologist. So this is like you know this is a good thing. Therapy is a great way to um, talk about some t- some of the hard stuff, and communication is the key. And and just it, it 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 relates to what we were just talking about with the message in the music, you know, like mm. communication. And you're talking about long form conversations, so necessary. Communication is the key. And so if true. all you're doing is sending emotes to each other, then like you never really know what each other are saying. <laughs> yeah, my 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 family, my parents are both therapists as well. Um, oh and, shit! Yeah, and it's, it is key, man. So you're fucked up like me, right, bro? <laughs> it was just like constant no, conversations about feelings when you're younger. It was my my brother. My brother was like classic. He was like, he he said to my mum and dad, was like, can't you just why why are you making us talk about our feelings? Why can't you just hit us like every other parent? And it was just like no, this classic. Sorry. Like, no, we can't do this. Hey, hi, Alma. Hey. I'm having a hard time. Can I say hi? Hi. Hey. Hi. Amazing. Um, All right, Will, I got I to gotta jet, but thank yeah, you so much. Let's, let's wrap this. this one up. Thank you so much, yeah. guys, for being on. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Will. Thank you for having this platform and for hosting dope conversations and this, this having each... a healthy beard. Oh, yeah, always. Always the healthy beard. Keep in touch. Um, let's, uh, let's hopefully see you on the road at some point. For sure. Keep safe, lads. Take we'll care. You up next time we're in Detroit. Yeah, please do. Please do. Peace out. See ya. And that is a wrap. Um, thank you so much for Eli and Charlie to come on the show. It was amazing. Don't forget to go check out their album. Subscribe. Uh, share the podcast. Do what you want to do. I hope you enjoy it. Big love. Keep safe. See you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.